And well, Thomas Decker, he had it right. He once said that sleep is the golden chain that binds health and our bodies together. Without sleep, we can never think, plan, desire, and achieve. It is truly the solid base that allows each of us to tackle the good, the bad, and the ugly of each and every single day. Hello, and welcome to Mighty Talks Podcast. I'm Leslie, and here at Mighty Talks, we're dedicated to providing an outlet, support system, resources, and education to all those suffering from some sort of prolonged physical or emotional pain. Mighty Talks will allow you to bring power back to your life by optimizing overall health and wellness. We are here to live our best life together. No more excuses, no more hiding, and no more suffering. We're here to finally take control, advocate, and allow you to achieve your greatest desires. So join along in conversation, and if you like what you hear, please hit the like and follow button. Hi everybody, welcome, welcome back. It's Leslie here, and I am so excited to be here today. But how many of you were just awe-inspired about that episode last week with Nikki? I know I certainly was. She is amazing, right? I am so glad she was able to share her experiences, her knowledge, her journey. It truly touched me, and I hope it inspired you as well. And well, if you missed it, check it out after listening to today's awesome episode. But... On to today. How has everybody been feeling lately? I know I've been feeling pretty good. Despite being on a new and different routine, I am loving the time I have to work on myself. And yes, I've had a ton of time to sit, reflect, think, spend indoors, slow down, which I think is always great. I know I've always complained about not having the time to just take in, slow down, and so this quarantine has allowed me to embrace the little moments and be thankful for each day. But maybe some of us aren't feeling all that great. Like maybe we're missing the routine we once had. We're ready to get back into the office. We're feeling unmotivated, maybe sluggish, and just overall blah. We're stuck at home, missing human interaction, maybe on a completely different routine and crazy work hours, and our sleep cycles are all in complete, utter mayhem. Maybe you find yourself grazing in the kitchen, eating cheeseburgers and brownies, and you're snacking on high-calorie snacks at all hours of the day. Instead of going to sleep at 9 and waking up at 5.30 for work, we're staying up until midnight and sleeping until 8. And we have no reason to feel exhausted and tired, but make no doubt, we absolutely 100% do. On top of it, how many snooze button people do I have here? Yep, you know who you are. Those that set their alarm 30 minutes before they actually have to be up so they can snooze three to four times. You dread beginning the pandemonium and the stress of the upcoming day, so you snooze and you snooze, and you snooze. Yeah, I hear ya. 
So on top of having a new chaotic sleep schedule, you're causing absolute disarray by snoozing as well. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's incredibly crazy to believe that the snooze option on the alarm clocks was brought to the public back in 1956. Yeah, 1956. That is insane. In fact, General Electric was the first to release the snooze option, and it was called the snooze alarm back then. And the snooze alarm had a nine-minute snooze, which crazily became the standard that we still see and use today. And well, why did they choose this nine-minute only option? Well, there's the thought and hypothesis that engineers at that time were restricted by mechanical gears, and they had to choose between complex and convoluted double-digit intervals, or they could choose the easier nine-minute option that we use today. Nine minutes was the most you could get without designing a more sophisticated mechanism. Crazy. And, well, I know I am 100% guilty of hitting that snooze button on my phone when the alarm goes off in the morning. And I have at one point in time, made this terrible habit a part of my daily routine. I couldn't get back to sleep comfortably, but I couldn't get myself out of bed either. I was in this awkward, awkward spot where nothing appeased me. And on days that I frequently snoozed multiple times, I found myself to be so groggy and unmotivated and frustrated for much of the first part of the morning and sometimes well into the afternoon. Anybody else feel this as well? I desperately needed to part with this dangerous habit and I'm going to tell you why you need to ditch it too. But first, I think some of us have an idea of what a sleep cycle is, but I thought we would go over what a normal sleep cycle is. And well, a sleep cycle generally lasts about about 90 minutes, and during that time, we move through five stages of sleep. And the first four stages make up the non-rapid eye movement sleep, and the last or the fifth stage is when rapid eye movement or REM sleep occurs. I know most of us may be familiar with REM. We start off in very light sleep during stage one, and we gradually move to very deep sleep during stage four. In fact, you're in such a deep sleep during stage four that it would be very difficult, almost impossible to arouse and wake you up. And well, during stages three to four, your body is in a more restorative period of sleep. This deep sleep allows your immune system to be well-functioning. It allows for muscle repair and rebuilding. It stimulates development and growth. And well, it produces the energy we all need to be highly functioning for the following day. And now let's talk about REM sleep. And as the name tells you, there is a ton of eye movement and activity that occurs during REM. And if you're the person who often dreams, well, dreams are likely to occur during the REM cycle, even if you don't remember those dreams. In addition, heart rate and blood pressure increase and breathing may pick up and be much more shallow. REM sleep has its importance too, just like deep sleep does, but its benefits are a bit different. It is ever essential in learning and memory function, 
allowing your brain to process and store the information you received from the day before. I think this is just incredible. And the average person has, well, about five to six REM cycles every night. It's amazing what our bodies can do to heal, restore, and build. And well, hitting the snooze button not only disrupts the healthy sleep patterns that we just discussed, but it also may feel, leave you feeling drowsy for the rest of the day. It destroys your natural sleep cycle and the circadian rhythm that your body has created. When you wake after the first sound of your alarm, your body is already well into the waking process. But when you drift off after already waking once, your brain and your body are more likely to experience what sleep experts call sleep inertia, which causes that extreme feeling of drowsiness that can last for hours after you awake. And what is sleep inertia exactly? Well, it's that period from sleep to wakefulness where you're most likely to have decreased performance, you're less vigilant, less aware, some people may feel confused or disoriented, and the effects of sleep inertia gradually reduce with time but can still be seen up to two to four and even maybe six hours after awakening. And while this can prove detrimental to those who need to have sharp mental acuity and quick decision-making while at work. And I'm sure you have heard how important nutrition and exercise is for your health. But in fact, sleep is the best key indicator of overall health. How many of you would have guessed that? I had no idea. It plays an immensely important role in good health and well-being throughout your entire life. Getting enough, and I think this next part is the most important, getting enough high-quality restorative sleep at the right times can help protect your mental health, your physical health, your quality of life, and your overall general safety, right? Because sleep isn't good enough alone, but it's that restorative sleep that we all need to thrive and survive. And you can never expect to heal from a disease, an injury, or a painful ailment, or build muscle and lose weight if you're deprived from those good Z's. And I've come up with some tips that work for me and some that I've come across through reading and research to help you optimize the most out of your nightly routine and to allow you to make the most out of each day that you were given. First, well, aim to get enough overall sleep. And while that number is much different for everybody, right? My body prefers seven-ish hours and some others may be able to function on six, others may need eight. It's all what we feel best at. And interestingly, the NHS or National Health Service out of UK found that six or less hours of sleep was associated with a 12% increased risk of death. And they also found a 30% increase in mortality linked with those getting nine or more hours of sleep. Isn't that crazy? I know most of us know that sleep de deprivation can be detrimental, but how many would have guessed that 
too much sleep is even worse. Give that some thought. In addition, be consistent. If possible, aim for a routine, bed, and wake-up time. And I know some of us have little ones who demand our time and attention, but try to make the most out of creating a bedtime routine and ritual. I guarantee it will be beneficial for the entire family. Also, place your alarm on the opposite side of the room. Force yourself to get up out of that comfy bed of yours. And I guarantee you will be more likely to stay awake than you will to hit that snooze button and go back into bed. Set that alarm for the last possible time so you don't have any other option than to spring out of bed and start the day. And while we're talking about that pesky alarm clock, let's just talk about the next helpful tip. Turn the clock in your room around. How many of you have been lying in bed sleepless, staring at the clock, watching it tick, just growing more frustrated as the minutes and hours go by? That has totally been me. And I definitely have experienced this on multiple times. And I have found that by turning the clock around, it's decreased my anxiety. Also, put away the phone and electronics. And I cannot stress this enough, especially in the world we live today. We're all glued to our mobile devices and electronics at all times of the day. But any light at night, especially the blue light emitted by electronic devices... Well, that blue light energizes our brains, making it more difficult to fall asleep. By exposing your brain to blue light before bed, think cell phones, iPads, laptops, you risk delaying your sleep cycle and disrupting deep sleep. So put that phone away at least two to three hours before catching some sleep. Avoid big, heavy, greasy, carb-rich meals close to bedtime. I know they make me feel full and uncomfortable, and if you chow down on half a pizza at midnight, well, it confuses your internal clocks. The one in your brain sees that the sun has set and it's ready for sleep. However, the clocks in your digestive system, well, they kick into rapid gear. They actively work to digest at the same time, your other clocks are preparing for bed. You've now forced your body to sleep and digest at the same exact time. And well, these are activities that the body does not do well simultaneously. This splits your body's attention between two jobs and it struggles to do a good job at either one. If your digestive clocks are synced up with your bedtime, sleep definitely occurs more efficiently. And well, also avoiding alcohol can be helpful. How many of you feel like you've totally hit the jackpot and you use alcohol every night before bed to assist in falling asleep? Well, you may want to reconsider. Alcohol decreases the release of melatonin, which is a natural sleep signal your body sends. It disrupts your normal circadian sleep pattern it causes an increase in urination, so you may be up all night running to the bathroom. It causes an increased release of the stress hormone cortisol. And we've talked about that hormone before, right? But cortisol, well, it can increase your heart rate and cause you to feel stimulated and to therefore wake up. 
alcohol can also enhance sleep apnea in people that already have it, which is definitely no good. So if you want to have a few glasses of your favorite cocktail, well, have it at least three hours before bedtime. So maybe hit up the happy hour after work. And well, avoid mixing alcoholic beverages with things like energy, energy drinks or sugary stimulating be beverages. And make sure to drink plenty of water along with it. In addition, if you have the ability to do so, consider using a device to help track sleep and its efficiency. Aura, a really interesting company out of Finland, has designed a ring that helps you optimize sleep. While you're sleeping, your body is sending so many, so many signals. And these signals consist of heart rate, body temperature, and much, much more. And the Aura Ring, while well, it interprets these messages, these signals, so you can wake up to the awareness you need to take on the a day. Also, which I'm sure many of us know, watch the timing of caffeine. Think about cutting the coffee or Diet Coke after the middle of the day and see if that improves your sleep and overall level of alertness. In addition, practice relaxation techniques like visualization, breathing, bedtime, or nighttime yoga. Naps, well, that's another totally interesting topic. Is it to do, not to do, I don't know. But if you're going to nap, you feel like a nap helps you feel refreshed and rejuvenated, well, the best time for a nap is after lunch, like maybe 2 to 3 p.m. And if you're going to nap, keep it no longer than 20 minutes. Also, make plans in a list in a timeline for the following day. This can make you feel less stressed and overwhelmed and allow you to have a plan you look forward to when you tackle and arise for the next day. And if you've been a chronic user of prescription sleeping pills, for example, like Ambien, talk to your physician and think about other helpful alternatives. These medications can make you feel groggy and sedated, and they have a ton of side effects, especially if you've been a long-term user. In fact, Psychology Today reported that the most prevalent risk of illness associated with sleeping pills was cancer. The risk of developing cancers of the prostate, colon, and lung, and lymphoma for people taking just two pills a week was higher than that of cigarette smokers, and that is truly insane. Another helpful sleeping tip, well, I love a dark, cool, clean room. Maybe seek out a fan if you like background noise. Optimize the environment. If it's cluttered and smells like the cheeseburger you had for dinner, well, that might not promote the greatest desire for sleep. Put on a soothing meditative song or tune. There are so many apps and resources. All you have to do is search for a bedtime sleep song that you like. And if you're in pain and that's what is keeping you up, well, ask yourself, what helps you feel better? And do that before bedtime. For example, stretching before bed tremendously helps me. It always helps decrease my pain. Maybe for you, it might be a hot bath, maybe a massage, ice packs to the site of soreness, moist heating pad before bed, 
Maybe you need some little bit of relaxation, so you could use some essential oils. And we often use things like lavender, orange, or thieves oil, which really help me calm down and relax before bed. And well, Thomas Decker, he had it right. He once said that sleep is the golden chain that binds health and our bodies together. Without sleep, we can never think, plan, desire, and achieve. It is truly the solid base that allows each of us to tackle the good, the bad, and the ugly of each and every single day. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with me on today's episode. I appreciate you all. If you like what you heard, hit the like and subscribe buttons and head over to our webpage, MightyTalks.com to find out more. See you next time.